have the screenshot of uh, Deuteronomy up? Well, children, I'm just going to talk a bit now on how church is amazing, which is what I say every week. Um, so, a few options now for the artists. Um, you could draw a, a massive signpost, like a crossroads or a signpost, and on one it says, um, we'll have um, uh, Jesus on one and the world on the other. So you could write Jesus on one bit of the sign, the world on another. Or, if you want to do more than one, you could do Jesus leading his church to heaven. What is that going to look like? Jesus leading church to heaven. Or, and this might be your most fun one to do, a picture of Owen, that's me, in prison, but I'm quite happy about it. Right, I'll explain that in a bit. My kids are like, what? Uh, yeah. No, okay, so signposts, signposts with Jesus in the world, or Jesus leading church to heaven, or Owen in prison and he's happy, um, or all of the above. Now, we are going through why church is amazing, why it's the bride of the high priest Jesus. And today I want to just teach us about one of the privileges of the bride is this. We get to trust the husband. We get to trust the husband. Now, children, I don't know if you trust anyone. If you trust anyone. Adults, do you trust anyone with everything you've got? Like, actually, because what I found is in my 34 years of existence is we can betray each other's trust. Have you ever done that? Like the tragedy of sin in human nature is even Rita could share something with me and I might betray her trust in me. I hope I don't, but sometimes we do. But in church, because we're married to Jesus, we don't just like, oh, I've got to trust Jesus. No, we now get to trust Jesus, who never lets people down. People say, oh, Jesus died on the cross to forgive us our sins. It's like, yeah, great. What does that actually mean, though? Don't stop there. What happens after that? Well, one thing that happens is he saves us from just trusting in ourselves and like how tragic that is. He leads us to trust him and his Father. All right. But my question today is, how far should the bride of the priest trust Jesus? Children, how far as a church should we trust Jesus? How much should we trust him? Now, in the newspapers tomorrow, newspapers children were these paper things that used to exist before mobile phones, and there was writing on them, and there was information. And some people still read them. And in the newspaper tomorrow, there's going to be things about the, this virus. I don't know if they've taught you in school about a virus that's going round. That'll be in the news tomorrow. There's war in the news tomorrow. There's the Financial Times. Some people like reading about numbers and money and stuff like that. There's where you go if you want to find a boyfriend or girlfriend towards the back of the newspaper, depending what newspaper you read. All right. How much should church trust Jesus? Not just with the big stuff like death and viruses and illness, but what about the finances? What about the dating bits? What about how much should sports be in my life? How far should this bride of this priest trust him? See, I put to you this morning that Jesus wants the children 
and the adults to follow him with everything, even how they behave in the playground. Even that. Can I trust Jesus with this school bully? Does he want me to punch him in the face? Or should I pray about it and ask him to come to church? It's all that stuff, isn't it? See, in the Bible, what we find is the church, the bride, it knows or she knows who the real authority over everything is, over everything. And the church listens to his voice above everybody else's voice. And we're told to pray for our government, but there is a government that ultimately church follows, even if the lesser governments try to stop it. That's how far we're to trust this priest. Have you ever met someone like this? Oh, I wish I could have your faith. They're lying, aren't they? Because they could have if they wanted, but they just don't want to. I could not. I wish I would have your faith. Well, what we should say to that is, yeah, you can actually. It's just about trusting the Lord with everything in life. Just trust him. And then what happens is they go, yeah, okay, but he's going to make me have to change this bit, and I don't want to do that. And you're like, no, trust him with even that. And in the Bible, you find that church does. And we're meant to as well. In church, the husband says, you live my way now, as in the divine husband, you live my way now, you're mine and if you live my way, you will be more free than ever before. So how much do we trust this um, uh, husband of ours? Now, I remember the first time I had to follow some instructions which went against my common sense. And what happens in 2020 is church has to follow Jesus. Even if the culture is saying, don't do that, we'll hurt you for it. We have to trust him above that. And I remember the first time I had to trust above my own sort of common sense. <laughs> and I was staying in a camp with um, lots of young people. And there was a boy sleeping in the bed next to me. And he told me late at night, oh, by the way, I suffer from epileptic fits quite regularly. And um, I was quite young, didn't really know what that was. But children, some people have this thing called fits. And it just means that they shake for a while and the doctors need to look after them. All right? Anyway... He said to me, I will probably wake up in the middle of the night shaking. Just leave me. I was like, all right. Well, I'd do nothing but just leave you. Just leave me. Right, sure enough, I was about 11. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm woken up. The guy next to me is shaking. I'm quite like, it was almost like a movie scene. And everything in me was like, surely I cannot just lie here and watch him. But I did, because I followed the instructions of someone who knew better than me. Even if my mind was like, like the doctors are thinking, oh, and you should not leave him. That's what you're thinking. You'll have to tell me about that later. But as far as he was concerned, leave me. Don't try and help me in any way. All right. I trusted him, and all was okay in the end. Even though what my common sense, which had been shaped by my culture, was saying, do something else, don't listen to him. It was all all right in the end. Now, ladies and gentlemen and children, have a look at this text up here. This is a text from God to the ancient church, Deuteronomy 12. Now, children, in the, old, in the ancient church, God led his church to a country called Canaan or Israel. And he did that because it was a picture of them one day going to heaven. 
She was like, you can have this little patch of earth here and live the way I want you to in that little patch of ground and it's going to be like what heaven's like. You're going to love it. Just do what I say. Anyway, just look at verse 1. These are the laws that you must be careful to follow in this land. Okay? All right, following that. So here's live my way is what God is saying to church. Now, drop down to verse 4. Our next one, please, Nick. Yeah, thanks. The next one across. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way. Get to the land, and if anybody's saying, oh, you can worship any old God you like in any old fashion, don't do that. So they're warned not to do something. Don't follow the cultures around you. Follow what I say. Trust me. Now, children, on your signpost, that's why you've written Jesus one way and everybody else in the world the other. Because church has to choose to follow Jesus. And um, the worship leaders, here's one for you. Can we have 13 and 14, please? I think it's the next one across. Yep. Oh, no, one more again. Yeah. Be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings anywhere you please. Offer them only at the place the Lord will choose. So even our worship has to be done according to what the Bible says, which I think actually we're pretty on point with that. But do not live how you see fit. Don't say things like this. Well, I've sort of got feelings and I should just exercise them any way I want. God will be happy however I live. No. Church is to follow Jesus and rein it in a bit. All right. Okay. Now, children, can we go back to verse 8? Because this one is massive in school life. Verse 8. You will not do as we do here today, everyone doing as they see fit. There were people around the ancient church going, oh, just worship God my way. Live my way. It's up to me. And it's up to him. We all just get to choose how to live. And children, God says... We don't really get to choose how we live now. We're part of Jesus' church. And in school, it looks like this. Some, a boy coming up to you or a girl wanting you to do something which Jesus says is naughty. And they see this. But everyone does it. Everyone doesn't do their homework. Jesus is like, ah, hang on a minute. Colossians 3, do all things to the glory of God. Work to the glory of God. But everybody's running down the boggy bank in school at break time. Even though the teacher said not to, everybody's doing it. Ah, no. Jesus says, follow the authorities over us. Sort of. We'll get to that another time. But teachers, you should. All right? But everybody's behaving like this. Adults, Jesus says, no. Your body, your mind, your hobbies, your diet, your money. Church follows it the way I want it to, and you will be free if you do. But you're like, hang on, no. What about how I feel? Jesus is like, trust me with your life. Trust me. The bride does how Jesus sees fit. Children, let me give you a bit of advice. And it might be the most important advice you've ever heard. Be more concerned about pleasing Jesus than about pleasing anybody else. Here's another one. Be more worried about offending Jesus than offending anybody else. If you do that, you'll live a full life. I know a boy, he's called John. When he was 10 years old, he went on a school trip, and the teacher found him in his room on his own. 
And the teacher said to John, and John was a, is a Christian, by the way, he trusts the Lord. And the teacher said, why are you on your own? And John, his name's not John, I changed it um, for privacy reasons. But John goes, just shook his head. Why are you on your own and where are your friends? He just shook his head, didn't really say anything. Anyway, the teacher then went into the room next door and she found John's friends. And do you know what they were doing? They were playing a rude game. And John had said to them, sorry, I don't want to play your rude game because Jesus says being rude is wrong. So John went in the other room and basically sat in the room in his own and probably with Jesus. Well, the other people were being rude because Jesus wants us to literally trust him with even the games we play. If everybody around us is saying, no, do it our way. Church is like, nah, sorry, Jesus first. Now, Here's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, adults, because God does want us to have fun and enjoy the world. Listen to this. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Memory verse time, because this is a great one. Command those who are rich in this world not to be arrogant, nor to put their trust in their wealth, because it's uncertain. But put your trust in God who richly provides us with things for our enjoyment, with everything for our enjoyment. Here's three things, adults, about trusting Jesus in this planet Earth. You can enjoy yourself. This verse says God gives us things to enjoy. So after church today, go and enjoy stuff. It's not sinful. The second thing this verse says is God gives us things to enjoy um, so to not enjoy them is being disobedient to God. He's given us things to enjoy. If you've got a dog, enjoy it. Children, if you're going to go home and have some food, enjoy it. And actually to grumble about it, it's like Jesus is like, no, that's wrong. But the third thing that verse says is the misuse of that stuff isn't in enjoying them. It's putting your trust in them instead of in God who gives us stuff. So you can go and he wants us to. You can trust him with all of that stuff. But, and here's where I want to sort of wrap it all up. There are some things in the current present culture which God says, do not enjoy that stuff. It's sinful. Do not do that. And what this area needs us to do is trust him and display it. Because this area is blind, is lost, Jesus says. So it needs church to stand for what true life is in a countercultural way. Now, let me bring this home. This week, I read something really important. And this, children, is why you're, you're drawing a picture of Owen in jail, but he's happy. I'll try not to go. But I don't know if you've seen this in the news. Actually, when I came to church today, there's a leaflet for it. But you remember Billy Graham? Well, his son is touring the UK, doing like a preaching service and stuff. And in Scotland, for the first time ever, sorry, Scottish fans, they have actually banned Billy Graham's son coming to some venues. And what's interesting, it's quite a seminal moment in legislation because they've got the support of the local councils to ban a Christian coming to a public place to promote the Christian message. And it's all to do with one or two areas of 
what Billy Graham's son teaches about how you sh who you should marry, and he says one or two things about another religion and says it's wrong because only Jesus is Lord. So anybody who says Jesus isn't Lord, they're wrong. And basically, for the first time, and it's got the support of the city and the government, the message that's gone out is you are banned. Your view of what equality is, they're saying to the church now, is evil. It's evil. So why is Owen going to go to prison with it? I'm convinced of it more and more. Because the laws of the land, now more than ever, are being passed, and they're in direct contradiction to how Jesus says people should live. They just are. And I'm pretty sure before long, my job's going to be illegal. But guess what? I'm not going to stop. I'm just not. Because, unless you sack me, but I'll go and do it elsewhere. Because... Guess what? Church obeys Jesus over any other authority. Because over any other movement, there's one everlasting movement. And it's the church of, it's the bride of the priest. Listen to who my boss is. He is the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning. And he's the firstborn. So that in everything, everything, he's going to have the supremacy. He's just going to supremely reign at the end of everything. So I'll end with this. In Heath Park growing up, I played a game with my mum, and she would run off, and then she would put little tracking twigs down for the direction she was in. So you get a twig, three twigs, you make an arrow out of it, you lay it on the floor in the right direction where you're hiding, and whoever's chasing you follows the twigs. Yep, follow it, good game, we'll do it later. Um, my boys, we'll do it. So the arrows led to my mum. And I trusted my mum and her direction. And where did it lead? It led to her smiling face. That's the game. But there were moments where it's like, hey, this is a bit dark. This is a bit lonely. This is a bit frightening. If you look at Jesus, he was literally led to dark and worrying places. But he still followed the word of his father. And he was led to his father's smiling face. And I was led to my mum's smiling face. Now... The tracks are laid down for this part of Cardiff. Jesus is a track that is laid down for this area to see that his Father is Lord. Follow Jesus. But church is another track that's laid down for the world to see who Jesus is. And you, church member, are a track laid down for other people in your lives to find the living God. But it starts with this. We have to trust him for full life. And it starts here today, just like our ancient church had to do in Deuteronomy. Hey, children, you were awesome during that talk. I can't wait to see your little pictures after communion. But we'll close there for his name's sake. Amen. Amen. Now, what happens now is uh, we've got one hymn left, but that's at the end of communion. So now, uh, as we've been hearing about, we're going to have a communion service, which is a picture of what Jesus has done for his bride, the church. So do I call the elders up to the front?
So I will read a few verses about this special occasion, then we will pray together. Yes, you can sit here. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate this festival. Young and old, if you're trusting in Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, please celebrate this festival with us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him and trusts him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. <laughs> 